This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We want to hear from the people. WGK Law, guest and caller hotline, 410-583-1057. We can talk O's. We can talk Ravens. Matt Weyrich, who covers the O's, he's the new beat guy from the Baltimore Sun, uh, reporting from the MLB owners' meetings in Orlando. A source told the Baltimore Sun the league's ownership committee discussed the Orioles' sale today and added that the vetting process for David Rubenstein isn't expected to take long. Uh, that's what we've been hearing everywhere else. This thing, uh, we were, Bone and I were talking uh, uh, off the air like, would you be surprised if this thing was done before opening day? Um, no. I mean, I, I don't know, exa- you know, how uber motivated they are to like bump up their timetable or do something, you know, outside of their normal full blown meetings. Like, full if they want to just do a special session and do a Zoom vote or whatever. Um, you know, I, I don't know what their particular motivation is. Like, they might not. It, it just might not matter too much. To most of these other billionaires, if this happens in April I, or I can May, think, or... I can think of one motivation: that the offices aren't too fond of the Angelos family, and they really like David yeah, Rubenstein. But what, uh, who cares? I'm not talking about the league office. Well, but I'm they, talking, they I'm might say, about "Hey, the owners themselves." We'll get us. I got news for you: they don't care about the league office. But they say, but if the if the league office says, "Let's do a Zoom and vote on it," are they going to say, uh, "You know"? Again, you, you, I don't know how much you've been around these people. I get um, it. It's difficult to get them to do anything. It's difficult to get them to agree, you know, how the sun rises and sets. So I don't know. I just don't know their particular appetite for it. Like, if it's something that they think is basically rubber stamped and it's not going to affect them one way or the other, I, I just don't know that they care. You know, like they care whether it happens tomorrow or whether it happens in six weeks or whether it happens in two months. Sure. I, I mean, it definitely seems like there's been a lot of legwork done already like with the vetting process yeah. well they know rubenstein is, exactly yeah. and and that's my point where and they're bringing it up like you said uh during the meetings today I, I would think i mean look we've had on several guests to talk about this and most of them have said it's weeks not months and mm. what are we eight weeks away seven weeks away from opening day I think it's certainly possible. Well, the other thing is, this sort of jives with what John Oran said to us, and he seems to be well-connected to this whole mm-hmm. thing in saying that this thing is about as rubber-stamped as rubber stamps gets. Rubber stamp gets. So, yeah, Jason, you're absolutely right. These guys... They just might not care. Yeah, like, they, it's not yeah. on this agenda? Yeah. Okay, well, when's yeah. it on the next agenda? Uh, you want to schedule Zoom? Yeah. I'll talk to my guy. Talk yeah. to my girl. We'll see if I can... Like, eh. They once... I don't know if you ever saw the... And we want to get your calls in a second, 410-583-1057, but... Uh, 
the, obviously the DH is universal now, but it almost became universal in the seventies. But they couldn't get all the owners together to to vote. Like the, and it was going to become universal, but like the Philly zone, and this is before cell phones, the Philly sure. zone was on a fishing trip, so he couldn't vote, and the Pirates owner couldn't get to a phone, they couldn't get enough votes. The Phillies, like, if I'm remembering this, they had signed Greg Luzinski in part because they thought it was going to be a universal DH, <laughs> and then, of course, it didn't happen. Mm, put him at first base. <laughs> so, the bull. Yeah, so uh, that, that that is some insight into exactly what Jason is talking about. But, yeah, I, again, I just thought, if they, they think it's... They think think it's a fait accompli you know what i mean and it's not holding them back it's not holding really the orioles back they just made a huge trade for an ace mm-hmm. technically I, I was gonna say between ownership groups i mean obviously still owned by the angelos but family but with the wheels in motion either way i mean it affects us because we'd love to be able to talk to rubenstein we'd love for all this to yes. be officially official and uh, you know we start getting a better handle on exactly what their vision's going to be. Heck, I guarantee you there's a lot of people over there in that warehouse yes. who are, 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 are hating or loving or dreading or anxious or all <laughs> the above, right? The finality yes. that's going to come with this because whether we can want to say that the price was lower than some may have thought or what have you, it's still close to $2 billion. Yeah. And you make an investment like that, you generally are going to want to either bring a lot of your own people with you or figure out who your people are over time and put them into some of the more influential roles, not just in baseball operations, and in this case, especially not baseball operations because they don't need any help there, but throughout the rest of the the warehouse, like yeah, marketing, PR, like digital, massing. Uh, I, I would think you get a lot on. of change coming. Let's go out to the phone lines, 410-583-1057. Bob's in Garrison. Bob, you're on the fan. Yes, uh, I want to talk about this uh, this change in uh, defense coordinator. It's going to really hurt this team next year. I mean, look, it, it may. I, I mean, the, the reality is uh, there's a lot of good people who have left that building, and there's some good players who are going to leave as well, and it's going to be difficult for this front office to fill all those holes. I, I, I think they'll be fine with Zach Orr. I, I don't think they're going to be a negligent defense. They're not gonna they might not be a historic defense. Yeah. I, I don't think the def we're gonna be sitting here week in, week out saying, Oh my God, the sky's falling, like they're no good. Um but no, I don't think they're gonna lead the league in sacks, takeaways and, and, and points allowed next year. Yeah, it's tough to expect them to have the same type of success that they had this year, next year. But that being said, I don't expect this defense to fall off a cliff no. we mentioned them having a strong spine and we're all assuming Matabike is going to be back whether it's on a tag or a long term then you got Roquan Smith then you got Kyle Hamilton Matabike leaves the building then I'm with yeah, the caller sure. yeah yeah now okay now then now now we got we got some splaining in it yeah and the other thing is this is the cost of success when you have a yep. defense like that you can't the, the only way you keep Mike McDonald is by making him the head coach and you have a head coach like, no, that wasn't happening. No, I mean, it was not. The guy just took you to the AFC the Championship The only game. people talking about that are regular, everyday people, not the owner of the Baltimore mm, Ravens. No. The one guy who could actually do it, I, I'm just telling you, it's so far from his radar. Like, he, he would never conceive of, so wait, you want me to fire this guy now to find out what Mike McDonald could be as an NFL head coach? Like, are you, like from his purview, yeah. he'd be like, that's go sell crazy somewhere else.
Let's go to Ron in Owings Mills. Ron, you're on the fan. Hey, good afternoon, fellas. Thanks for taking my call. You know, so I've been listening for uh, over a week now, and I've been trying real hard to find anybody that had any real reason that made any sense to why the Ravens lost. There is nothing. Yeah, nothing anybody has said makes any sense, which leads me to this. And and i got to say this. I know you guys may not want to, you know, dig into the conspiracy theory stuff, (laughs) but the whole city is talking about this game was fixed. Oh, gosh. I'm just saying, I know you don't want to get into it, but I'm telling you what the city's talking about. That's all I'm saying. Well, well let, me, let me indulge here for a second. So, okay. so the idea would be, because the assumption here is that, okay, so they, they, they sabotage themselves to lose. In which case, so the theory is that the league got to Munkin and Harbaugh and told them, hey, be something you're not and just throw the ball every down? Well, <clears throat> let, let me ask you this. Did um, the the head coach for the Miami Dolphins forget his name now? Mike did Daniel. He, did he sue the owner because the owner told him to lose games? That was Brian Flores. 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 Brian Flores. Brian Flores. Brian Flores. So my point is this: I'm not saying anything that is unheard of. Oh yeah, that's true. a little different. No, no, yeah. That's a little different. That team was terrible. Yeah, right. They, they were tanking. Is this on team's the on the cusp of a Super Bowl. And that was from within. You're, yeah. you're, this would not yeah. be coming from within. Yeah. This would be coming from the league office. Yeah, the owner in that case, he alleged, was telling him to lose games for a better draft pick. You Which know, happens all the time. They just don't say it out loud, but teams yeah, do that. Yeah, that that's a little different than the league coming in. And, and even, I appreciate the call, even in that case, you know, Zay Flowers, if, if Legereus Sneed doesn't make a great play on the diving Zay Flowers they're within three right there, even with as horrible as the game plan was. Are you saying? Zay oh, but Flowers? they had another script for that. Yeah, yeah. They, okay. had, a, they had a backup uh, script. Update, for that. update the script. Rewrite, rewrite. <laughs> uh, coming up next, we're going to talk some baseball. How good are the Baltimore Orioles? We'll ask Ben Verlander next here on the fan. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Orioles are going to have new ownership, and they also have an ace acquiring Corbin Burns last week. Let's talk some Orioles baseball now with Ben Verlander. He's a uh, MLB analyst for Fox Sports, also the host of the Flippin' Bats podcast. And Ben, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate your time. How much better in your mind does Corbin Burns make the Orioles? I think he makes them a lot better. Uh, it was, it felt like the one thing that they were truly missing was that like elite, elite top of the rotation arm. We know how good the offense is. We know how good that young core is going to be offensively. And 
could be even better if if Jackson Holiday looks half as good as as it appears in the hype. Um, so I, I just felt like last year heading into the playoffs, um, I, I didn't feel like they were set up to win because the recipe for success in the playoffs is having some studs at the top of the rotation. And I just felt like that's what they were missing. It becomes a different ball game in October. And now their roster is, uh, is in my opinion, ready to, ready to win in the playoffs. Uh, how do you stack up the AL East after this move? The AL East is uh, is an impressive division for sure. Look, I I, I think the uh, I think the O's with the addition of Corbin Burns, I, I think they should be the favorites in, in the AL East. I mean, look, I, I do think it's a top five rotation in in all of baseball, um, and and I just think that with that, look, they they dominated the AL East last year. Mm-hmm. They won the division. What have they done to? to not deserve to be the, the favorites in the AL East. I know the Yankees added Soto, but the Yankees weren't good last year. So the addition of Juan Soto is immediately enough to make them division favorites. Well, not, not in my eyes. I would still, I would still take the Orioles to win that division. And uh, it is going to be, it's going to be a very, very competitive division this year for sure. Well, and I guess, Ben, look, I know some of these projections are coming out and fan graphs and zips and Pakoda, and they all seem to be favoring the Yankees a, a little bit, but I, I just wonder if Cortez is kind of like banged up, right? And Radon is he, I mean, I guess he'll pitch more than he did last year, but you know, he, I, I wouldn't be banking on him right now. And, and let's say some of, you know, Stanton is still Stanton. He's hurt all the time. I'm not sure that this ownership goes and buys them out of it, you know, at mid season or, or at the deadline, I guess that's where, my concerns are like, okay, you could say there's positive regression from the health standpoint, or you could say they, they've got some older beat-up guys who have some some issues. And I don't know that Cashman has the, 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 the kind of um, safety net that even right now under new management Mike Elias might have. Yeah, that's kind of always been my thing, at least for the past, you know, almost decade with – not decade, but uh, the past few years with the Yankees is – they're they're one of the most talented teams in in baseball, and you look at you want superstars. You got Garrett Cole, you got Aaron Judge. Now you have Juan Soto. Uh, throw Giancarlo Stanton into that mix. So what what I would say is that the Yankees for years now have been set up this exact way, where if they stay 100% healthy the whole season, boy, watch out. That is a good team. But they just are not set up to to deal or to be able to handle an injury to one of those big players. If you lose one of those guys in the offense, Judge, Soto, Stanton, Rizzo, they, they just aren't able to, to come back from that. If you lose one of those guys in the rotation, certainly Garrett Cole, obviously anybody would, would struggle sure. if you lose your elite ace. But even a Carlos Rodon and Nestor Cortez, it just doesn't feel like the Yankees are set up to withstand injuries uh, so if they can stay healthy, yeah, sure, division division favorites. But are you banking on on Carlos Rodon, John Carlos Stanton, staying healthy all year long? That that feels like a long shot. We're talking to Ben Verlander, Inside Access here on the Fan. Ben, there's been a lot of people connecting or, or making parallels to what the Orioles have done, and Michael Elias did come from Houston, and Houston was a team that was on the rise, and then they got over the hump when they acquired Justin Verlander at the deadline and became this this elite team. Do you see a parallel with the Orioles, who won the division a year ago, and now adding Burns to take them over the top? 
Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of one of the guys leading the charge with that argument. I feel like, and um, you know, wrote a wrote a whole article about it the other day for Fox Sports. Look, I, the 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 similarities are uncanny, really. You know, Mike Elias takes over, not takes over, but Mike Elias joins the front office in Houston in 2012 when they were in the midst of three straight 100 loss seasons, right? And then fast forward to 2018 when he's in in Baltimore and they had just come, you know, that was also right at the tail end of three straight 100 loss full seasons. So what did he do in Houston? Well, it all became about drafting correctly. Uh, It all became about developing correctly and getting guys to the big leagues that way. And look at what the Astros did with, Alex Bregman with Kyle Tucker, with Jose Altuve, with George Springer, with Carlos Correa. They drafted, they signed international guys, and they developed them into big leaguers. And you look at what he is doing in in Baltimore with Adley Rutschman, with Gunnar Henderson, with Colton Kowser, with Grayson Rodriguez, with Jackson Holiday. And you're already like, oh my God, this is the the blueprint for him. Seems pretty <laughs> seems pretty obvious. And then for a year and a half now, I feel like I've been begging the Orioles to go get a frontline starter. Like, and, and that is no discredit to Kyle Bradish, who I think is a very, very underrated pitcher in the game of baseball. But I'm talking that elite top arm in the game because I felt like they were ready for that. And he was just holding out. Michael Elias, he was not making the move. And then you look back to Houston, the Astros get to the playoffs in 2015, but he kept holding strong until he felt the moment was finally right. And that moment was in 2017 when he brought in Justin, and then he's doing the same thing now with Baltimore, bringing in Corbin Burns after a year in which the timing just feels right. The, got the playoff experience, got the young core even closer. You got Jackson Holiday, who's going to have a big impact on the team this year. So, yeah, the similarities are pretty impressive. And uh, if you could if you could tell Orioles fans right now, you, you're set up for the next decade of success. <laughs> Uh, I think they'd be pretty pretty excited about that. We like the sound of that. What's really exciting, Ben, is even after that trade, they still have the top farm system in baseball, and now they have a ton of payroll flexibility with a new ownership group coming in. If the Orioles have to add somewhere, where would you like to see them add? Oh, great question. Um, I, honestly, uh, I wouldn't I, – I, one, I do think the rotation right now as it sits is a top – five rotation in the game. I like it a lot. I do think there are, um, there are some question marks in that rotation. And you could tell me that the rotation ends up being top three in all of baseball. And you could end up telling me that it's going to be around 10 to 15 because of those question marks. Is Braddish going to be as good as, as last year? I don't know. Is, is Grayson going to take another step forward as a starter? What are you going to get from, from John means? What about Dean Kramer? So could you add a rotation arm? Sure. I would love to see them go do that. And then next thing you know, uh, you have the perfect recipe for success in in the playoffs, getting those one, two, and three starters. And then, look, offensively, I I always feel like, and I I would say this about any team in contention, there's a few guys out there right now that are still in the market that that could really help a team. And I'm not just talking the obvious, like, Cody Bellinger-type player that's going to cost a lot of money, but a guy like, like J.D. Martinez, he can plug into that D.H. spot or, um, or a Jorge Soler. I just think there's some bats out there that can immediately add some thump to a lineup, a lineup that's going to be really young, uh, adding a, a veteran guy that uh, gets a lot of A.B.s but isn't afraid to, you know, play some D.H., can play the outfield, can, can sit the bench when you need him to. 
look, I, I think the Orioles are are a very complete team. Obviously, the number one seed in the American League last year. Um, I just I'm excited because I think the potential is 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 right now to to win. Um, maybe the answer to this is um, no, because this doesn't happen all the time. But we have seen the D-backs and the Orioles in recent years leap up, right, and kind of take maybe skip a stage in their rebuild and go from the periphery to contenders pretty quickly. Are there any other teams you think are close to mimicking that? I'm not sure about the Tigers, the Pirates, the Royals, you know, sort of in, in, in their iterations of, of their rebuild, the Mariners. Do you think there's someone on the outside we have who's not being talked about a lot outwardly uh, in the baseball media who could jump up and surprise people? Look, I would I would love for that answer to be the Detroit Tigers. Yeah. I'm just not quite ready to say that. I, I I'm I've been frustrated over the last few years. Obviously, a near and dear organization mm-hmm. to my to my heart. Played in that organization for five years. My brother, obviously, for a long time. Uh, I want them to be good. I just I think they're a, a little bit away. I love the young rotation. I think there's a lot of potential there. I just don't know if they're there yet offensively. I would like them to take a big step forward this year. Torkelson looks to looks to be uh, much better. Riley Green, I think, might be the best of them all. The, the dude's a stud. So I would love to say the Tigers, maybe just not this year. Uh, another team that is talked about, I feel like a, a little bit, but I would throw into this mix. I, I think the Cincinnati Reds have a very good chance to be a good team this year. They're very young. They're very exciting. Um, they're a lot of fun. You mentioned the the Royals. I like what they've done this off season. So yeah, definitely a few teams that it's exciting. Definitely a few teams that are at least willing to, to spend and try and put a competitive product out there. You can't say that for every team in the league, looking at the Oakland A's there. Um, but, um, yeah, I would, I would name those few teams. Hey, Ben, before we let you go, and by the way, if you're a baseball fan, you should follow Ben Verlander. He's a fun baseball follow. And one of the things I've learned following you, you have something in common with my co-host Jason Lockenford, and that is your love and say near obsession of Shohei Otani. So, so I'll ask you, what do you think that looks like with the Dodgers? And then they're the one team that seems to have kept the stove hot this off season. Yeah, I'm excited to see him with the Dodgers. Obviously not going to be doing both this year. Uh, only going to be a hitter this year. So I'm, I'm excited to see what he does in a lineup that has so much more protection, so much more around him. I do look to see him. Look, he's, he's one of the faster players in the league, which is something a really big underrated part of his game because everybody talks about what he does on the mound and what he does at the plate. But he is one of the fastest guys in the league. And without him pitching this year, I look to, for him to, to run a lot more on the bases this year. I think we could see upwards of, of upwards of 30 stolen bases, close to 40 stolen bases. So uh, I'm excited to watch him in that Dodgers lineup. They're going to be, they're going to be really good. Uh, the question becomes, you know, they're going to get in the playoffs. You know, they're probably going to win the NL West. The question becomes, can they get out of the first round of the playoffs? And uh, they, they have a big target on their back now, but it's going to be fun. I mean, now you have, so many MVPs in that. You have Shohei, you have Freddie, you have Mookie, you have Kershaw. It's uh, truly remarkable how talented they are. Ben Verlander, he's a Fox Sports MLB analyst. Also check out the Flippin' Bats podcast. Ben, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me. Coming up next, Terps. They had a chance to get an, a win that would help them maybe with a resume to get to the NCAA tournament. And they lost at home to Rutgers. We'll recap next here on The Fan. Jason LaConfora, Tim Barbalace, 
and Dennis Wyman's brother, Ken. You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. Inside Access. I hope that their first child be a masculine child. 105.7 The Fan. Here at the highlight at the end of the game, uh, what looked like a horrible final play yeah. is everybody in the building knew Jameer Young was going to get the ball, and Rutgers good defensively. They basically triple-teamed him, and then Dante Scott had to throw up a, th- a heave at the end that was no good. And then Barely you heard, caught the front, right? Yeah, and then you heard Kevin Willard talk about uh, offensive complacency, but they do play defense. They held Rutgers to 56. Unfortunately, Maryland finished with 53, and they lose at home last night. Yeah, I uh, venture to guess we've had our final conversation about uh, Terps' um, big dance possibilities and scripts uh, that that these last two losses, uh, I think, have put a huge dent in that, particularly this one. And I get what he's saying there, right? Um, Jameer and and Dante Scott combined to go 6 of 27 from the field. Like, when you only have three guys that score the ball – and two of them combined to go 6-27, of 27, even against a team as offensively bereft as Rutgers, and even getting them at home, you still might not get the 55 points. They didn't get the 55 points. 57 would have won it. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, they were constructed poorly, and it hasn't ever really changed. There was a portion there where they, they did win on the road a little bit, and they had a big win at home against Nebraska, and you could kind of start telling yourself, well, maybe with a week off they can get by with really having no bench, and maybe they can sneak into the tournament even though only three guys on this team score the basketball. Mm -hmm. But then you start watching Big Ten basketball again, and you see what happened after a week off, and it was a horrific scoring performance at Sparty coupled with an even worse one at home. So uh, it's a pretty big hole now, and – I've thought since November that at some point in time, Kevin Willard was going to have to have a come-to-Jesus conversation with Kevin Willard about the state of his program and who's going to be here next year and who's not and who really needs to play now for the long-term good so that maybe Kevin Willard's basketball operations will have a better offseason next year than they did this previous year at identifying what this team really needs and finding people who can shoot the basketball. I'm going to an MIAA game tonight. Spalding, Loyola, I will see kids who can shoot, including some I know that the Terps are recruiting. I hope they land some of them. Um, There are plenty of kids in this region who can shoot. I go to a lot of CAA basketball games. I'll be at another one tomorrow night. Delaware Towson, I will see kids who can shoot. But, Bone, honestly, riding three kids 38 minutes a night, as long as they're not in foul trouble, to try to stay on the periphery of some sort of hope and a prayer tournament bid versus really starting to look at the underbelly of this team and who could rise with more opportunity and who could really sink with more opportunity, I feel like that better become a front-burner thing sooner rather than later. It, it has to down the stretch, and we might have a completely different turf basketball team a year from now, but... I mean, no matter how good of a defense that they have in both Rutgers and Maryland top 10 and Kempom defensive efficiency, it's a chore for both of these teams, quite frankly, to put the ball in the basket. And you got top 10 defenses. Rutgers is now 4-7 and seven in conference. Maryland's 5-7, and seven, and you need everything to go 
perfect for them because, like you said, they only got three guys that can score. And you have multiple long scoring droughts seemingly every game. Yes. You go last night, he had a four-minute scoring drought and a seven-minute scoring drought. I mean, you're talking 11 of the 40 minutes right there. Maryland is back in action Saturday at Ohio State. You can hear the game right here at 105.7. The fan pregame coverage starts at 3, tip at 4. Coming up next during TMI earlier today we heard about T-Bone's trip to Pilates class. Well, he went with Melissa Kim. We'll get her side of things at Pilates next here on The Fan. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.